eyes and imagine something with me? You imagine that you are there in glory, that you are in heaven, standing face to face with Jesus, the one who suffered and sacrificed himself for you, the one who rose and conquered death for you, the one who intercedes for you and loves you beyond measure. The song says to praise him like we're there in glory because here and now he's just as holy and he is here and he is just as holy as he ever has been and ever will be he is consistent so let's just sing a little bit more and just really give him everything that we have and remember that he is here with us and just as holy as ever together in your house. Lord, I pray that you just continue to stay with us through the service, Lord, and move in the way that you want to move. Lord, I pray that you be with Rick as he brings the message and that you just open our hearts to receive it in the way that you want us to, God. Lord, we love you and we thank you for everything, God. Amen. Thank you, praise team, again for an anointed time of worship. Careful to not say for anything that reflect entertaining us because that's not what we're doing. Amen. We are praising the Lord. We are entering into his presence and they are ushering into, uh, us into the Holy of Holies as they come up here and worship each week. So I thank them for that. Um, I was out and about the last couple of weeks driving the back roads of Wayne County. Not for anything illegal or anything like that, but... Going to, going to Flora, going to different places, going to, you know, do some things in ministry, I promise. And it got me to thinking how much more I need to appreciate everybody that comes out here on a Sunday and Wednesday. You drive a little ways to come to Orchardville. And it made me appreciate it as I was driving to Flora and coming back, like, they must really love what God's doing, love the church, love the people there to drive 
when there's all kinds of churches around them to come to Orchardville. And I, I just want to say thank you from every, for everybody that comes and you drive five minutes or you drive an hour. We do have some of those. I appreciate you guys, and I thank you for your faithfulness to the church. Give yourselves a hand for that. And again, Wednesday nights, I encourage you to come out. We are training up your kids on Wednesday nights as well, all the way from the babies to the teens and adults too. And I'm excited about that, what God's doing and drawing people out through the middle of the week. I need that. It's called recharge. I need to plug back in and, and recharge in the middle of the week. We all do with all the things we have to face in this world on a daily basis. So please come out on Wednesdays, about an hour, hour and 10 minutes of your time, just to, to seek after the Lord and continue in this frame, this mindset of revival for our church. And I'm really, uh, I was crying during worship, which isn't unusual all the time, but honey, I'm going to point something out just a little bit. Sorry if it embarrasses you. She's not been able to lift her hand in worship since Jackson passed away seven months or six months ago. Today she was able to lift her hand, and I, and I appreciate that. And I think a little bit had to do with praise him like we're there in glory, because Jackson's doing that very thing right now, Amen. and we get to join in with that while we're here on this earth. It's a, he's the same God. So, just spoke to my heart. Baby steps, but we're getting back to where God wants us to be. So, all right. A cry for revival, all right? We started out last week kind of laying a foundation of where we're at as a church, where we're at as a church in whole, as a whole across the United States, and how we need revival in our church. We need it here at Orchardville. We need it in our lives. We laid the foundation to show us where we're at, but also where God wants to take us to and where God would like us to be. And it was challenging last week. I'm telling you, it was challenging for me as your pastor to, to speak some of those things into you. Uh, but it's also, I love to be challenged by things of God. I, liked, I like him to challenge me and, and for us to accept that challenge and walk in his ways. This morning, we're going to talk about humble yourself. Now, some people in here don't like doing that. <laughs> All right? It's a problem. And if you say, no, that's not me, I'm going to show you some things that maybe will make you reevaluate if you are truly humbling yourself before the Lord. All right? So let's jump back into where we were last week a little bit. Second Chronicles 7.14. Chronicles 7.14. Then it says, Then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven I will forgive their sins and restore or heal, depending on your version, heal their land. So here in 2 Chronicles 7.14, Solomon asked God to, to make some provisions for the people when they sinned. And God answered him with these four conditions for, for forgiveness that we're going to talk about over these next four weeks. Um, they should humble themselves is what, in, by admitting their sins. We're going to talk about that today. They should pray and ask for forgiveness. They should seek God continually and turn from their sinful behavior. So whether we sin individually, we sin as a group, or as a nation, following these steps will lead to forgiveness for us and a healing of our land. God will answer. God will show up. Now, this morning, we're going to look at this part of Scripture, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. Now, look this up. Humble is defined in the dictionary as having or showing a modest or lowest estimate of one's own importance. And I also like to say it like this, it's not thinking less of yourself, it's thinking of yourself less. Okay? Does that make sense? Not thinking of le less of yourself, but it's thinking of yourself less. Humble, defined in the Bible as you study it and you get a little deeper into that, means believing what God says about you over anyone else's opinion. Okay? including your own. It requires embracing who you are in Jesus over who you are in the flesh. To be biblically humble is to be free of concern for your own ego and that you willingly elevate those people around you. Wouldn't you want to be known as someone that elevates the people around you? And it's not always just about me, me, me. Even on, I mean, it's good that, you know, that things are going good in your life and you tell people about it. But even the ones that complain all the time, it's not about you. Elevate the people around you. 
I mean, you get around some people sometime and they're full of themselves and you're kind of turned off by it. But also on the other side of that, when you get around people that are just down all the time, and I know we go through things, but it's constant, 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 they can drag you down the drain. Willingly elevate those around you. Humble yourself. What's the opposite of being humble? Pride. Okay? Pride closes the door to spiritual growth in your life. But humility opens the door of your life to more of God's grace. And remember, 1 Peter 5, 5 tells us God opposes the proud. It's right there in his word. So the first thing we're going to look at as we cry out for revival this week is will we humble ourselves? And we shouldn't be too surprised as we cry out for revival, but by one of the first things that he mentions in the scripture here is to have some humility. And again, the opposite of being humble is being prideful. If you've ever experienced a falling away from God, anybody fell away from God, you, you did some things you're not too proud of, you were a believer, but you just messed up. Anybody ever done that? Okay, half of us, the other half are perfect. <laughs> Love it, okay? But if you've ever experienced a falling away from God or you've seen it happen in someone else, it all begins with pride. It does. And you may say, no, it doesn't. Yes, it does. Because you pick what you want over what God wants. That's pride. Pride sent Lucifer from heaven and he fell straight to hell because of pride. Adam and Eve let pride get in the way of their relationship with God as well. Eve, you can be like God, is what the serpent told her. Pride is out to destroy us. It tells us that we can do things for ourselves and what we want instead of what God would want for us in our lives. That's pride. Proverbs 16, 18. Pride goes before destruction and haughtiness or arrogance before a fall. Pride is a roadblock for us at times as we seek revival. Okay? Jesus gives us a story of this, what it kind of of looks like. Luke 18, if you want to turn there. You guys are quiet today. Luke 18, 10 through 14. Two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee. And the other was a despised tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer. I thank you, God, that I am not like other people. Cheaters, sinners, adulterers. I'm certainly not like that tax collector. I fast twice a week and I give you a tenth of my income. Hmm. But the tax collector stood at a distance and dared not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow, saying, Oh God, be merciful to me, for I am a sinner. I tell you this, this sinner, not the Pharisee, returned home justified before God, for those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. So one man here in this story is quite impressed with himself, and he's boasting about how religious he is. I hate that when people do that. The other man was secretly ashamed of his sin, so much so that he wouldn't even lift up his eyes at all. One was self-righteous, the other knew he was undeserving, but, God, but wanted God's mercy in the midst of that. None of us in here should want to be the Pharisee in this story. I will slap you right off that tall stool you're trying to stand on and knock you over. That wasn't nice. Jesus approved of the humble sinner and he exalts him in this moment. And and we like to tell ourselves that that we always choose humility over pride. But do we? Do we actually do that? The next time someone stumbles and falls in their walk with God, are you one of those that's talking about them to other people or are you praying about them? (laughs) We need to humble ourselves. It could be us that falls. It could be us in the middle of the struggle and the tables get turned. And, and, and how quick are we to forget how much God has forgiven in us? Humble ourselves. James 4.10. 
tells us to humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up in honor. First Peter five, six. So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God. And at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. Now, as believers, we are God's children. Everybody understands and believes that, right? We are God's children. We are redeemed by the blood of Jesus. We are given eternal life through Jesus. We, am, we are ambassadors for the kingdom of God while we're here. Yet we live each day in another kingdom here on earth that belongs to the enemy of God. This is, this is his. This is the enemy's. Satan is the ruler of this world, and Jesus told us that in John 14, 30. I don't have much more time to talk to you because the ruler of this world approaches. So even though we as believers are no longer of this world, we still have to remain in it. We are in the world, but not of it. Now James 4, 4 says this, You adulterers, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? If you're out there doing the worldly things... You are an enemy of God. You're choosing to be an enemy of God. I say it again. If you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. And Romans 12, 2 says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. So again, as we read through these scriptures, we understand that we're not to be like the world. There are times in our lives when we have to resist the temptation to dive into the things of this world. The enemy will throw whatever, whoever, whenever, he'll throw it at you to try to get you to turn your back on God. He will use anything. He will use things in your life that you never expected to be a problem. He will use them to turn you against God. There are things the world values that we should not Pride is a sin when we end up taking credit for what we've done instead of thanking God for helping us in it. And it's, it's almost as if we say at times, I don't want God to be God, I want to be God. <laughs> Sinful pride is when we, when we don't recognize God's sovereign role in everything. I mean everything. Anything that takes God from being the center of our hearts and our ways, if it makes us put ourselves before him, it's sinful pride and it has to go. It has to go. Anything that's putting itself in front of God has to go. We have to get rid of it in our lives. In the kingdom of God, the way up is down. We get down on our knees. We pray. We lead by serving. It could be as simple as opening a door for somebody. We can lead as believers by serving. To get the pride out of the way and think of others better than ourselves. Serving. We increase by giving away. Have any givers in here? <laughs> that wasn't a trick question. But we increase by giving away. I'm a firm believer that as you bless people, God blesses you. As you sow into people, God sows back into your life. I've seen it happen over the course of my life. I believe in it. We get to experience abundant life in Jesus by dying to ourselves every day and the selfishness that we walk around with. Humility puts us down on our knees, down at this altar, and our eyes recognize how poor we are spiritually without God leading us. We have to humble ourselves before God in order to be revived and restored. And this is what has to happen for us as a church, as individuals, but how do we get there? How do we do it? We, we always have to constantly recognize God's guidance and his instruction in, in our lives. He's got them for us, okay? Our pride will sometimes tell us, I've got it figured out. I can do this. I don't need your help. I can do it on my own. Okay? Man, what it looks like to us, but thank the Lord for GPS now. What it looks like to us back in the day was, I don't need to stop and ask for directions. I can find the way there. Some of you that aren't using GPS, do it. 99% of the time, it takes you right where you need to go. There's an occasional mess up. But that's what it looks like to us as men. One of the little examples is I can do it. I can figure this out. I don't need directions. I don't need help. And what drives our stubbornness in life? Pride. It's pride. One of the things we have to do in order to humble ourselves is to submit ourselves to God's word. Now, I, I hit on this a lot because it's so important that we study and obey this. We have to be in it. You want to see change in your life? You want to take steps towards revival? Submit yourself to this word. 
2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. Now, if you don't want to know what's wrong in your life, don't pick this up. But you already know. He tells us, it shows us, it reveals things to us. It corrects us when we are wrong and it teaches us to do what is right. There should not be mean Christians, but there are. Is that even a thing? It's like an oxymoron. We have got to humble ourselves by following God's word. We've got to follow his way of doing things. We've got to let God's word break us free from every insecurity that we have in life. We've got to let God's word get rid of every form of pride in our life. We've got to let God's word help us in rejection and every yoke of bondage that's in our life. We've got to let God's word do these things. We, got to, we have to declare God's word over our lives. We have to speak it over our lives. There's power in that. We've got to let his word humble us. Let his word lead us. Let his word direct us. We have to seek God and surrender to his word on a daily basis. Amen. Amen. <laughs> when we look at social media, when we look at our political leaders, the news, all these things, more times than not, they contradict this. Big time. Now, as we fill our hearts and our minds up with these things that we're listening to, that we're watching, we have to be able to recognize when things go against God's word. Otherwise, you're getting influenced by the world. You have to choose what you're going to believe and what you let influence you. Now this, I'm going to talk to the teens for a minute. Loving. You hear me? Teens, get off your phone, look at me. Unless you're in the Bible. Teenagers, you guys are awesome, I love you all. But they are some of the worst about letting things influence them. The adults do it too, but I would, I would, as a youth pastor, I would get on social media and follow these guys and see what they're, they're sharing, what they're doing. And a lot of times they share things that they have no idea what is it about. Only because other influencers shared it as well. And they like those people. Never once measuring it up to the word of God, but because this celebrity or this person said this about it, I'm going to share it too. And I'm on this bad wagon too. And I didn't even look if it means anything in the word of God. Be careful, teens, with that. Study it for yourself. Rightly divide the word of truth for yourself before you share things. That was God telling you it too. <laughs> Do we have a true biblical worldview or are we caving to the pressures of the culture around us? Unfortunately, a lot of churches are caving to the culture around us. And what the world says instead of standing up for the truth that is found in this word. The word of God is our standard. This is what we build our futures on. But a lot of us are feeding our flesh with the things of the world and we've let that direct our steps instead of the light of his word directing us. And we, again, to humble ourselves, we've got to rediscover God's word over our lives and follow the ways that our heavenly father has set out for us. Do you know that your brains will deceive you at times? <laughs> yes, I do. But God's word will not. Amen. We have to trust in God, trust in his word in the times we're living in. Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6, you guys have heard this scripture before. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend or lean on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take. Again, if we want to humble ourselves, we have to submit our minds, what we value, every decision, all of it has to be submitted and surrendered to the perfect and mistake-free seed of God's word. That's what we measure it up with. Humbling ourselves means there are, there are times in our lives that we have to be, we have to be brutally honest with ourselves. We have to be honest about the sin we're entangled in. 
There are people that walk in and out of these doors every week and they continue to sin and continue to be tangled up in the same things every single week. We have to be honest with ourselves that that is not right. That is not what God calls us to. In this, and, and I know we make mistakes, but we are, tr- we are trying to be like Jesus and to live this life, a holy life and a set-apart life. Be honest with yourself about the sin that's entangling you. It's popular in the Word to be honest about it with, as we look at the pages of the Bible, but society tells you t- something totally different. If you're, if you're messed up in things, the world teaches us to be self-centered. It's okay, it's about me. I want to do what makes me happy. Being humble means we confess our sins before God and to our brothers and sisters in Christ. There are times when we have to man up or woman up and admit some things and be honest with God and the people around us. We have to be honest and say, Lord, I've missed the mark big time. I have messed up big time and I need to seek your forgiveness. That's humbling. Again, Jesus forgave you of your sins when you first surrendered your life to him and believed on him, but it's not something we stop doing daily. We continue to ask for his forgiveness. We still fall short each day. We still need to humble ourselves every day. You know, talking about ones that come in here with the same sins and and you walk out with it and you're still entangled with it, we no longer run to the altars when we mess up because that's just too public. (laughs) There's some truth in that. Who wants to run up here and admit to everybody judging me out here, I've messed up. I've made a mistake. I need forgiveness. That's like it's not in our DNA. But that's exactly what we should be doing according to God's word. Humble yourself. Admit you've blown it. Admit you've messed up. Now, if I had a marker and I marked all over my shirt with the different sins and different problems I walked into the church with and, and whatever I'm dealing with. Anybody have a jacket in here? I'll try not to do the... Well, whose is that? Uh, <laughs> that'll be a fat guy in a little coat situation right there. <laughs> but here's what we do. We do this as believers. I messed up through the week. It's all, I mean, it's written all over me. I mean, people even probably talking about me because they know. But it's all over me. I've got, I mean, if I were to walk in here and write everything, this is what I do instead when I come in the church. I'm just going to cover all that up. Stay tangled up in it because I don't want to admit in front of all these people that I need God's help. I don't want to admit that I need to surrender. When, when actuality, we should be coming in here like this, and it's okay if I'm hurting. It's okay if I'm struggling. It's okay if I need to run down to this altar and surrender to Jesus and ask for forgiveness. It's okay. I don't have to stay covered up. I don't have to wear a mask when I come in here because this body of believers should be about restoration and redeeming because that's exactly what God's about. Please, please, please don't come into this place thinking you have to hide things, thinking you have to to, to cover things up, thinking you have to wear a mask that everything's okay. We we should feel perfectly comfortable coming down to this altar and saying, I messed up. I need forgiveness. I need to be restored. I need to be redeemed. And Father, I'm sorry. And with that, we should know that repentance is part of the word too. And that means a turning away. A turning away. So many times people come up here and they surrender and they let God know about these things and they ask for forgiveness. But when they leave it, they leave it at the altar, sometimes they just pick it right back up. Repentance means you turn away from those things. Humbleness inside you says, I want what God has for me more than I want what the world's trying to kill me with. I want God. Pride makes you want to hold on to it, but humbling yourself says, Jesus, I surrender it all to you. And we need to get back to the foot of the cross again to be humble and recognize that we need our Savior. There are times that we need to repent and we need to cry out to him and let him know, I I need forgiveness in this. Please forgive me in this. 
We need to cry out to God for mercy in our time of need. We, we need the carpets to be worn out from your seat to the altar. Because we recognize we need Jesus. If your knees are always smooth in life, we're probably quite often, often worshiping ourselves instead of falling down before God. You know when we can actually stop asking for forgiveness? When we stop sinning. You know when that's going to happen? Not till we get our glorified bodies in heaven. Every day, there's probably something that we do that would go against God that we need to repent of and be humble enough to say, Jesus, I need you. Forgive me of this. I surrender. Daily, convicted of the things we do against God if we're wanting to humble ourselves. Can you imagine? My daughter's in here, isn't she? Hello, daughter. But can you imagine as a family, and not just mine, I mean, I'll put mine on display all the time for you guys to look at, but in our, in our families, in our homes, what it would look like in our families if I did something wrong to Sarah, I wronged her, if I went to her in front of my daughter and I said, Sarah, I am sorry I hurt you. I'm sorry I did that. Please forgive me of that. You know what kind of impact that has on her? You know what kind of impact that has on your kids? That instead of the fighting and shouting and yelling at each other and cussing at each other, yeah, I know, that we offer forgiveness and we apologize instead. We'll yell in front of our kids like it's no big deal, but we won't humble ourselves and go to the person, our spouse, and say, I'm sorry for hurting you. Please forgive me as she watches God's love worked out in the home. What kind of impact is that going to have on our kids? It's going to change them. What kind of impact is it going to have on on your sons and daughters, guys, fathers, grandfathers? If you come up here and instead of being entangled in the same thing every week, that you fall down on your knees and you cry out to the Lord and you have tears streaming down your face, that, Lord, I can't do this. I can't keep on doing this. Lord, I messed up. And I need forgiveness and I need to repent and change my ways as I lead my family. What kind of impact is that going to have in your home? Be humble. Humble yourself. Humble yourself before the Lord. And he will lift you up. It's going to have such an impact on your family as well. By being humble. One of the last things that we can do that I want to talk about this morning to humble ourselves is we've got to submit our will for God's will. Again, it's not about me and what I want. It's what God wants. And Jesus did that as he walked this earth as a man. He submitted to God's will for his life all the way to the cross. And then he rose from the dead and he left the tomb empty. And Jesus said he was only doing the things that he saw his father doing. And again, we have to die daily and submit our will to that of God's. His ways over our ways. When people continually, I've told this to some kids in our youth group and people that struggle with the same sin over and over. Every single time you choose that sin, you're saying, God, I'd rather not have you. I'd rather have this. Think about that. We have to die daily to ourselves and submit our will to that of God's. His ways over our own, the things he values over our possessions. You know who understood this? Moses did, Exodus 33, 15. When it was time for them to pack up their tents and move on, he pleaded with God before they did anything. Before they did anything, he pleaded with God and he said this. Then he said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. In other words, God, if you're not in this, We're not doing anything. We're not moving. I want to be in God's will for my life personally. I want us as a church to be in God's will with what goes on in here. I don't want our church services to run in this rut of doing the same things over and over again, planned all the way down to the final minute without thinking about what the Holy Spirit wants to do in this place. I know we have to plan and we have to organize, but if God wants to interrupt our service, we should say do it. 
Do whatever you want to do in this moment. Because we are submitting to your will for us in this place. Disturb what we're doing anytime you want to. I never want to just rely on our skills and abilities. These guys have a lot. Me, not so much. <laughs> but I don't want to even rely on that. I want to rely on the Holy Spirit to anoint what we're doing in here. I don't want to fluff up some nice sermon and make it all pretty and package it up and the Holy Spirit not be in it at all. I'm not a salesman. I'm a preacher of God's word. So if he wants to change things, he wants to change the direction of a service, then like Moses, we let him direct us. If we aren't moving in the way that the Holy Spirit wants us to move, then we don't move at all. We don't change something. We don't, we don't do it unless God's in it. And the will of God's not a mystery. I mean, a lot of people are like, well, what's the will of God? What's, what's God's will for me? What's God's will for me? He wants his will to be well known to you. It's fulfilled in his word. It, it aligns with his peace. It actually, it, it's hard to miss. If you're a believer who delights in the Lord and you sincerely desire to surrender your life daily and follow his ways, you will find that you are in the will of God. It's that simple. Surrender your life daily, follow his ways, and desire to have those things in your life. You are in God's will. Anybody remember the old song? You can sing it for me because my voice just cracked. I don't know if it's going to do it on a song. <laughs> All to Jesus, I surrender. All to him, I freely give. I will ever love and trust him in his presence daily live. That's his will for you. That's his will for us. Get your mind out of the thought process of this is the way it should be. And remember that his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts all the time. We need to stop shouting things. And people during our, our, our loss of Jackson have told us this. But we need to stop shouting worldly phrases like this. They have no place in what God's will is for you. I have a right to feel this way. I have a right to this. I have a right to feel this way. I have a right to do this. I have a right to say this. No, 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 no. That's the world. What we need to do in those moments when we don't understand what's going on or why this happened in our lives is we still need to humbly offer a sacrifice of praise to God in the midst of it. Your will. Your thoughts are above my thoughts. I don't need to shout at you because I'm angry and I don't understand. You are still God. You are still sovereign. You are still in control. So I bring you, even in the midst of my hurt, even in the midst of my pain, even in the midst of not understanding this and I'm crushed inside, I still bring you a sacrifice of praise, God. That's being humble. To understand that he's still in control. We don't want to work against God. You'll never win. When people have no answer for us, we can still offer that sacrifice of praise to God. If we, if we can do this, if we can humble ourselves and, and our emotion, God is going to be faithful to revive our hearts and to pour out his spirit upon us. Our praise team will come back up. Humble yourself. Humble yourself. Let God steer the direction of your life. Let him direct your path. Because he is in control. But there's a part of us, there's a responsibility that we have to be obedient and to participate in what he has for us. We have to submit to God. We have to humble ourselves. And in due time, he will lift you up. He will lift you up. You guys will stand this morning. As they begin to play and we get in a, a frame of worship and prayer here, this mindset. Again, things that, that God's challenging us with. A place where we want to go to be in revival, to have things stirred up in our church this morning about humble yourself 
If you are walking around still this morning, entangled in sin, trapped in this never-ending cycle of things, I'm just asking you to humble yourself and admit. Admit you've made some mistakes. Admit that your life is not going like you thought it would go because you have not surrendered it to God. Admit that you need Jesus. You know, inside of us men, there's something that tells us we have to be macho, we have to have things figured out, we have to lead from that, that place, but really that's the opposite of what God wants. We are, again, to humble ourselves, surrender our lives to Him, let Him lead us, let Him help us, let Him forgive us, let Him restore and redeem us. So this morning as we pray, I mean, like always, altars are open for healing in your body, for salvation. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, I want you to come. I want you to talk to me. I want, you, I want to lead you to the Lord. But also this morning in the altar, I'm looking for people that want to humble themselves. And stop making it about you. Stop making it about the sins. Stop making it about your flesh and the things that you want to do. Humble yourself before the Lord this morning. Release things that need to be released. Get forgiveness for the things that, that the enemy has attacked you with recently and you're, and you're stuck in. Come down and pray and humble yourself before the Lord. And again, in due time, he will lift you up. Maybe it's your family. You guys have just been at each other. Bring your whole family up here and humble yourselves. And let God restore that love inside that family. Because I know he will. Father, right now we come to you and we thank you for who you are. God, we thank you for our time of worship today. We thank you for your word that challenges us, Father. We thank you for the opportunity right now to humble ourselves. Father, we need pride to get out of the way. Pride is blocking revival personally. Pride is blocking revival uh, in our church body. And Lord, we need, we need to humble ourselves. We need to be the opposite of that. It's not about us. It's about you. So Father, as we open these altars, I pray that they come. They come. Father, that as you examine their heart, the Holy Spirit's doing a work inside of them right now. Reveal things to them, Father. They don't have to walk in covered up and put a mask on. Lord, let them come humbly before you and be lifted up in this place as we seek you. We praise you and we thank you. Lord, Holy Spirit, have your way in these altars right now. Move on hearts. Don't let them stand there, Father. I pray your conviction is so strong they have to move. They have to move. They don't want to stay the same. They want to humbly come to you. In Jesus' name, amen. I speak the name of Jesus over you. Change.
There's any secret sin in your life that you think you're keeping from everybody. God knows. And I think you know that he knows. But you need to come to a place where you will humbly submit yourself to him and want to release and get rid of that stuff that's holding you. But he wants to move in your life in a powerful way. But there's a habit, there's some things that you keep running back to that need to go, that are blocking what he has for you. They need to go in Jesus' name this morning. So if that's you in this place, you've got some things that a lot of people may not know about, I'm I'm asking you to humbly come. Don't worry about judgment, there's love. Don't worry about what people are gonna say, God will shut them up. Just come. Don't block what God has for you because you're hanging on to something that the enemy is trying to take you out with. Right now, Father, let them come. Let them come and reveal it. Father, let it be known. Break that off of them right now. Break it off of them, Father. In Jesus' name, let them come. I will sing of your goodness. I will sing of your love. Though the seasons come quickly, you have always been enough. And though the night may get dark,
is good to us. And as we humbly submit ourselves daily to God, we don't have to worry about blocking the things that he wants to do through us in that day. Come to him every day in the morning, come to him in the evening, and you'll understand just how good he is when you stay in the will of God. He will, he will lead you in things. He will help direct things for your life. He will give you opportunities to share his love with people when you stop making it about yourself and you make it about him. Humble yourself. I praise God and I thank him for what he's doing in us. It's not all of us yet, and I can sense that, but it's coming. It's coming. We talked about stubbornness earlier. Some people are a little more stubborn than others, but God still loves you. And we still want you to come humbly to God. And we want to operate in what he wants for us as a church. I thank him for what he's doing in the altars in people's lives. That's what it's about. For people to be able to, to move from there to here. To come down and just be with God. And make things right with him. Or just be in his presence with him. Praise him. I thank him. God, we worship you right now. We thank you for your holiness. We thank you for your gifts. We thank you for this body of believers. Lord, I thank you for love that is poured out amongst us. And God, I, I pray right now against any spirit of judgment or any spirit uh, that's coming against what we're trying to do in, a, in our church right now in the name of Jesus, that that be cast out. Lord, either cast out or their hearts are changed to be more like you. Lord, I pray right now that you bring us, continue bringing us together as a church. Lord, that our mission is to reach people, to teach people, to serve God. And Lord, we want to see, we want to see revival in Orchardville Church. Lord, we want to see you move in power and strength and might. We want to see the signs and wonders. We want to see the salvations. We want to see people coming to you, Father, and being changed and operating in what you've given them. And Lord, I just praise you for all of that right now. I thank you for who you are. I thank you for your hand on our church. And I thank you for what's about to come in this place. Let our hearts and our minds be ready for it, God. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless. Have a great week. I'll see you Wednesday. You're not dismissed. You are sent. sent.